right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up about today's show, man. So first, before we get into it, my man, I know you got a garage project. What you working on? Project? Throw an S on there. A couple of S's. Project S-S-S-S. <laughs> you know, because yes. the weather's coming around, right? The warm sunshine is starting to poke through. So, man, it's everything from getting the hot rods out, getting those prepped, to the boats, right? So it's docks and lifts. I got the, the wakeboard boat coming out, man. So it's all about changing oils and you name it to go out and have some fun this summer. Yeah, man. Fired up for you, my friend. Fired up for you. What you working on over there? Man, I got, I'm elbows deep in a Mopar project. I'm foot to ass on the Chevy Bel Air, man. I got all kinds of projects. This Bel Air, dude, big block style, trim at six speed. This is a car you would love. I actually busted it down to the frame. And, you know, it's funny because in this podcast, there's people that we know and love and we even use their products. As a matter of fact, I just got done using some New Hampshire oil undercoating. It's that stuff that, you know, penetrates through the rust and gets into the base metal. So if you want like your build to last a long time, they got you covered man big partners of ours too and i believe what's their website bro you know that right yeah nhoilundercoating.com yeah you can go there and get all kinds of diy product to put under your car for essentially an oil undercoating like just like you said for all the road salts right through the winter that just corrode and eat up your frame your chassis you know your rocker panels your truck bed uh you can get hooked up or you can find places to do it for you Combating corrosion is their game, man. And look, when it comes to builds, we want these things to last forever. You want them to last, especially something that I'm doing right now. And I mean another 60 plus years. So this is a great company. And the guy we're talking to today, Chris Gabrelchak from Lubrication Specialties, man, he's got his head so deep in how to last like an infinite number of miles. I'm talking millions, whether it's truck, whether it's gasoline engines, like this guy is one of those gurus when it comes to all things lubrication. Oh, he is the scientist. I mean, he should have on a lab coat, you know, with the pins and the calculator and the glasses and everything, because it'll give you a warning that says, hey, there's a smart guy coming my way and I need to get my (laughs) game on because we're about to have a serious conversation about lubrication and oil and all the things that go in it from, you know, anti-corrosion and friction and wear and, you know, slippery, slippery stuff. I mean, this guy knows it all. And what does he do? He solves problems because, yeah, there's huge oil companies out to make you know, commodity as far as oil goes. Yep, you get it by the bottle, the millions of bottles, and you can pour it in there. But man, when you're out there trying to push the limits, 
performance-wise, when you're trying to push the limits on wear and longevity, the you know the commodities just don't cover it. You know, this is a guy that's out there, you know, extending the life of everything and solving problems that you know you know some engineers and the OEs weren't quite thinking about when they you know put out a turbo or injectors or something that you know has some kind of stiction problem, coking problem. You know, he's got the you know the magic sauce to go out there and, and fix these things. You know how many bearings I've taken out of an engine, Kevin? It was like, oh, that one got hurt. <laughs> no doubt, man. That's the last thing you want is you've got some high-dollar piece of machinery, man. you got a big diesel engine. you got a big race engine. I mean, even the engine that's in your daily driver, that ain't cheap. Transmissions, when they go, I mean, that's going to sink your wallet pretty bad. So anything that you can do, right, to buy yourself some insurance policy to keep those things running longer and to keep from catastrophic failure is huge. Yeah, man. So quick break, and we're back with Chris. Lubrication specialties, everything you could ever imagine as far as, far as knowledge goes. Learning, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, take some notes, man. The learning begins after the break on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Chris Gabrelchek. He is the man behind Lubrication Specialties. And when I say the man behind it, I remember when I first got on Two Guys Garage, Kevin. This is funny. Chris is one of the very first guests that we had. And let me tell you, when you first sit down and talk with Chris, he's a very intimidating guy. Because, man, this guy knows his sauce. Like I'm telling you, man, if he was making salsa, he'd be, he'd be the bomb, bro. It'd be the chunkiest, thickest. You could hold a chip upside down, it would hang on there. Dude knows it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, he needs like a lab coat so that you know what's coming before it even gets to you. You know, like with the little pocket protector and the calculator and the glasses and all that. So you're like, oh, all right, let me get my head together because I'm about to have a serious conversation because this guy knows his sauce, man. I'm telling you. He was telling me, this is no joke. I remember one time we were there and he was using some of his stiction eliminator and we poured it into a power steering pump. And before the power steering pump was like, eat, 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 eat. And it was chirping. You know how you got it, how you go lock to lock on it and it makes it chirp and it fights you a little bit. And he goes, watch this, Willie, watch this. And he pours just like a little tiny cup in there. And all of a sudden the squeaking goes from eat, 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 eat nothing and you could turn it like like it was it was made it so much easier and man my jaw dropped i looked at him like the guys on friday when they're sitting on the front porch they go damn that's some that's some good stuff man so that's when you know the guy is understanding of all the problems related to something that we constantly deal with Friction is something that we fight inside our engines, inside our transmissions. Metal on metal is the thing that us engine guys absolutely despise, hate. We never want to see it. We never want to feel it. And we never want the ramifications of it. We never want the, the repair bills after it happens. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start us out with everything I know about oil. All right. And then Chris is going to pick okay. it up. So there's a base stock of oil, right? That's your kind yep. of core, right? Like that's a flower when you make a cake. And then there's all kinds of additives, and that's when I lose it. Like, you know, well, there's, e there's even different kinds of base stock. Yeah, and, and yeah, anti-friction, anti-foaming, uh, detergents, cleaners. Like, oh my! And then my head just starts to explode. Slash, you know, brain is oozing out my ears. <laughs> um, so, Chris, uh, give us a little bit of background, you know, quickly on just any type of uh, you know performance oil. What what is in there, and then. You know, what, what I kind of get confused on is, you know, when you think about you got cleaners, 
and lubricants. Like when I go and wash my hands, I'm washing all the oils off. So, you know, how do you add different additives and do they do they work well together or do they fight each other? Like what's going on in there? So, so the basics, if you think about oil, the, the primary job is to clean, cool, and lubricate. That oil has to clean the surfaces, keep them clean. And you would notice that when you leave an oil in too long, then it starts to leave that station or that coked up oil behind, or it leaves sludge behind. So you're, you've taken away the cleaning ability. Cool, you know what happens when, the, when an engine gets overheated. I mean, in an engine we have, most of the time we have antifreeze in there, so that kind of keeps it cool, but it's also, the oil's job to keep the surfaces cool inside there and then to lubricate, keep the two surfaces from, you know, touching each other and scratching and creating abrasive wear. So clean, cool, lubricate are the first things. Then when we look at the additives inside and, and the, probably the second part of, you know, lubrication 101 is, you know, oil is, or engine oils are oil and additives. Those are the two things that go into it. The additives are formulated to, you know, reduce the friction, protect the surfaces, and take care of any acid or anything else that might be in there. You know how some group three, one, two, and three is usually the crude stuff. You get the group four, it becomes synthetic. If you could break some of that down and uh, sort of educate people on what they're buying, because there's synthetic blends, there's pure synthetics, there's the regular oil, and what it means to get to each level, I think people would probably be a little more well-versed if you broke that down. Okay, so so our base oils are going to be a group one, two, three, four, and five. One is what they call naphthenic base oil, which would be um, real solvent smelling. It would smell just like paint thinner if you pulled it out of the ground. Group two is what they call parathenic, which would be you know a lot more wax in it. And then group three is what we consider today on the shelf would be a synthetic. So if you take a group two, which would be a parathenic base oil, and it's got it's cleaned up a little bit and looks a little clear. So if you can imagine something that's a little bit darker than say beer, and then you run it through a, another refining process, it's going to look a lot clearer, closer to water, but not quite clear. That's a group three. Now that's, if you buy a synthetic like mobile one synthetic or Chevron synthetic on the shelf, that's what it is. The next group above that is called group four PAO um, polyalpha olefin. And those are man-made products. Now the difference between a group four and three is, the group four, every molecule is exactly the same size. It's a man-made product. So it it's very finite in it's is that the is that the synthesizing that goes on? Correct. In it? I mean that's a whole okay. synthetic product. It it is actually man-made. And then okay. and then group five is what we call like exotic oils. Those would be your refrigerant oils, your PAGs, your your POEs, all the different there's hundreds of different little things that we use generally as additives, but um, they have very unique properties, but we, we refer to them in the business as molecules. Like this molecule does this, this molecule does that, and we may use it for this, that, or the other thing. Where does the synthetic come from? If it's man-made, what, what does it start from? How do you make it? Um, generally, they take things like benzene, different gases, different um, kinds of oils even, and synthetic products. They put them into a uh, um, a chamber which puts a lot of pressure and temperature under it, and then like up to 1,200 1, 1200 PSI, and then they they develop a specific molecule. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to split off some molecules and bond other molecules together. So when, what we end up with is one very specific molecule that has um, these specific standards or properties. So it may have a very high polarity. It may be very negative or very positive, or it might be very solvent. So there's those molecules are man-made, but, but the key is that when you when you do that, you can um, 
specifically design something that does something specific. So trying to think of a good example. Um, one of them would be, it's called an ester. Some of the esters we use as a group five to um, dissolve additives. So just to give you some, to fall back a little bit so everybody listening can understand. You know, your group one naphthenic base oils are the easiest ones to dissolve an additive into. Um, additives just disperse widely. It, it's very good, but it has a very low um, oxidation point. So a group one oil will only last maybe a thousand to 2000 hours and then it oxidizes. That would be um, something that would look and smell like burnt transmission fluid. You can tell it's oxidized. It's got a brown color. It smells bad. Group two, paraffinic base oils have a higher oxidation point, like two to 3,000 hours, but they're harder to get the additives to dissolve into because they're not as polar. So the additives want to settle back out. So a lot of times we'll put some group one in there just to get the additives dissolved and then mix it in with a group two. Group threes, which are considered synthetic oils today, um, which is really a cleaned up group two. It's gone through another, uh, an extra refining process, so it's even cleaner. Um, those are even harder to mix up additives in because they don't have the polarity. So we'll mix an ester in with that or group one, maybe at 10%, and then that disperses the additives properly. Now, group four, PAO, which is the, the highest level of um, oxidation. To give you an idea, like a, a group three would last maybe 5,000 hours before it oxidizes. Uh, group A PAO group four will last 40, 50,000 hours before it oxidizes. It's just really, it's just, wow. you know, those man-made molecules are so tight, it's hard to pull them apart. So extreme pressure, extreme temperature doesn't break them apart. And unfortunately, they're expensive and they're difficult to, go ahead. Bill. The, the, the base the four stuff is is it has the nitrogen components in it and and it, it doesn't have the I want to say the waxy hydrocarbons that, that break down real quick right well they're all hydrocarbons it's just a matter of how big are they so so you may have like one carbon chain with you know or five carbon chains with 20 hydrocarbons and then those links like how many bonds there are is how it's going to break we call it shear when you hear about an oil shearing that's what we're talking about that's where it shears apart right right so the, the PAO base oil has such strong bonds that it's really hard to shear and break off. So if you could just imagine, you know, it's, it's hydrogen and carbon. Okay. Um, when, you, when you break off the hydrogen, when you break the hydrogen bond, what's going to happen is the um, hydrogen is going to float away because it's a gas and the carbon is going to stick on whatever surface is there. That's what you see as a carbon buildup. So just your lawnmower, your car, when you see something behind, that's the carbon. I mean, you've sheared off the hydrogen, the carbon's left. And that's where we run yeah. into a lot of problems, right? When you get a lot of carbon left over, the uh, sort of the sludge and varnish, it's sort of burnt oil. Oh, absolutely. And that's where, you know, whether it's in the bearings in your turbo or whether it's in your injectors, uh, that's where you can get things that, that don't slide, right? On DI motors, you see a lot of that on the valve itself, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you've all seen carbon in different forms inside an engine. I mean, you've pulled engines apart and seen a bunch of sludge looks all waxy inside. And you're like, holy smoke, where did all this come from? Then, you know, the next level is this, this uh, yellow tarnish looking stuff that looks like uh, oil in a frying pan. But then the next level is the back, the black baked on stuff that looks like it's really hard and it's stuck on there. So those, those are the levels that you're going through when you're, when you're shearing off that hydrogen, you're leaving behind this carbon atom and it's just baking on the metal surface. So you're, depending on how, going back to the, how this applies to real life, the harder you work your vehicle, the harder, the more efficient it is, the better the oil you need, the better the bond you need to hold it together. Does that make sense? So 
Yeah, tell us a little bit about, you know, I know talking to you in the past, you use the term shear strength a lot, you know, and how those molecules shear. Tell us a little bit about how it's increased in some of these synthetics and base four oils over the, the threes. Okay, so the PAO base oils are, again, they're almost impossible to shear. I mean, it can be done, but it takes extraordinary circumstances. Like, um, to give you an example, we use this in an offshore drilling rig for five years straight. Um, 24 hours a day it was 50,000 hours. That would be equivalent to a semi truck going two and a half million miles without changing the oil. Wow. And the oil can stay on spec. It's just really hard to shear. But we have the additive problem. So, you know, the additives are going to deplete. So now one, in a diesel engine, one of the functions of the additive is to take care of acid. Uh, everybody that drives a diesel knows, you know, your, your car you can run for 3,000 miles and it still looks amber. You put in a diesel engine, 200 miles later, it looks black like coffee. There's just, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Well, there's just a lot of acid built up in that engine because of the high compression. There's so much compression that there's, there's blow by. So that creates that black, nasty look. So you have to put additives in there that have a lot of detergency. And when I say detergency, it's just like Dawn dish soap. You know, you, you can put the Dawn in there and you got the bubbles and it's cutting the grease and then after a couple loads, it starts to go away. Now you got the choice. I got one pan left. Do I drain all this water and start over? Or do I just put some more Dawn in there and wash the pan? Well, we can do the same thing with engine oils. If we can keep it clean, we can re-additize it and use an oil that won't break down. You, you know, you can do a fill for life if you have the heart to do it. I mean, we have people, wow. we have semi trucks on the road that have gone 200,000 miles between oil changes. And, wow. And they're oiling it. When we analyze the oil every 10, 20,000 miles, and the, the oil analysis comes back looking as good as an engine with 10,000 miles on it. So, it, you know, we, we monitor those things, but it can be done. So what's the secret there? I mean, it, it's it got to be filtration, right, to get all the particles and stuff out for this, you know, long oil changes. And then it's just topping off with, let's say, lost or used oil, burnt oil, whatever, and then replenishing the additives. Is that pretty much the, the secret recipe there? That's the secret clean cool and lubricate so if we can have an oil that won't break down we can keep it clean and we can re-additize it you really do have almost a fill for life type of scenario so even on the even on the diesel where you have so much acid in there well that's what the detergent does that's why i have to re-additize it so the filter will take out the the particles and then your acid number will start to build up and then you add detergent back in and then that will take care of the so just, just imagine if you had a, a sink full of water and you ran it through a filter and kept putting detergent in it, it would stay clean all the time, like a swimming pool filter. You, know, you don't drain your swimming pool every week and put a new, fill it up with water again. You just keep filtering it, right? I mean, there's lots, there's stuff going in it, but it still stays yeah. clean. You know, it can be done. It's just, it, it's a higher level right. of, of science. It's just not for the everyday guy. Well, Willie likes to pee in the pool. So what do we do about that? <laughs> I knew there was a pee joke coming. I was like, I didn't know, I didn't know which one of us was gonna get it out first, but I knew there was a pee joke coming. <laughs> okay. So, so Chris, could could you could you fathom a time or a period? So, so if you're saying if people did their diligence with the additive portion of it, there is a scenario where you could put an oil in your car, put a lubricant in your car. And run it for the life of your car because we do have people doing that it, it's not it's not hard really it sounds crazy but it's not that's man. a great conversation and i i'm with you man let's take a quick break when we come back let's learn about how this almost infinite life oil scenario could work out it sounds like people are doing it so you guys stick around we'll be right back with chris 
from Hot Shot Secret. My man, back after the break on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, and we are stoked. We have the man that knows all things friction, Chris Gabrelchek. He is the man behind Lubrication Specialties. When I say the man, he knows everything there is to know about friction. And friction, you know, we use that term, but friction means a lot of things. Kevin and I have, you know, that's something that we fight constantly, whether it's performance, whether it's just efficiency in the transmission, gas mileage, it all comes down to fighting friction, metal on metal contact. And the better you could do that, the more efficient you could do that, the better your efficiency, the better your gas mileage, the better your performance. Well, the longer the life. I mean, think yeah. about, you know, replacing an engine for six, eight, 10, 15 grand, you know, let's start talking about over the road trucks. I mean, I don't know how much those things cost to rebuild or replace. Uh, yeah. So wear is one thing, but catastrophic failure, whew, that's another. Because at least you can replace some bearings and rings and things like that, but. Yeah, but nobody likes right? to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not something we look forward to doing on a Sunday. It's like, oh, I got to rebearing and reseal. I do, you know, nobody likes to do that, especially when there's guys like Chris at Lubrication Specialties that can give you a formula. And this is funny. I've had Chris on my radio show before, and he's like, I've had racers in, and he's been like, tell that guy to send me an oil sample, and I want to run an analysis because I think I could do this, and he could run this many laps, and I could get his transmission where he doesn't have to drain it every run, and da-da-da. And he really does fight every aspect, whether it's racing, whether it's gas mileage, whether it's trucking, of how to get more performance from all things that are lubricated. And really, that's been your passion since day one. And, you know, whether it's engines or transmissions, you've done a hell of a job, and we're thankful for you in that industry. So tell us, how can a car run an infinite number of miles and never change the oil? Okay, so this, this is the backstory on that. You know, with diesel engines, it could cost two, $300 to change the oil. So we sell, we sell a bypass filter and we sell the additive package and then we sell a PAO base oil to go in. But usually, unless you have a really high um, ex expense involved with it, it's not worth doing. But we have had people that have had exotic cars or expensive cars that have said, I do not ever want to replace this car. So how do I make it last forever? Well, we put a bypass filter on it and we give them a PAO synthetic oil. Now we kind of sidetrack because there's so much to cover here. It's really hard to stay focused, but Understand. On, on the, <laughs> sorry about that. But on the PAO base oil, one of the unique things about those is that they are really extremely fluid at low temperatures and they're really thick or they keep their, their, uh, their body at high temperatures. So most oils, as any, anybody listening to this can imagine, if you have a, an oil and you put it in a freezer, it comes out thick. If you put it in the oven, it goes out thin. So what PAO base oils, when it's a man-made product, it avoids those trends at a higher level. So at minus 20, a PAO will go everywhere and lubricate everything. But even when you get to a higher temperature, it keeps its body, so it gives you the film strength you need for that hydrodynamic lubrication. So it's still good. Um, so going back to the idea of it not being able to oxidize, when we put that with a bypass filter, it not only protects the engine, almost indefinitely, literally forever. The engine will last forever. Everything else will break before the engine does. It doesn't make sense when you can get your oil changed for 20 bucks. You know, you're talking about maybe a two or $300 proposition. So a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll just run through Jiffy Lube for 20 bucks to get my oil changed. And the average American only drives 15,000 miles a year. 
So it doesn't make sense. But if I'm a semi-truck driver or I make a living off of my truck and I'm doing 50,000 miles a year, well, now it starts to get pretty expensive. I mean, I don't have time every three weeks to run in and pay $200 on my oil change. So those are the people that look at this type of process as, okay, it's worth my getting educated on this. I can put in the best oil, which is a PAO base oil or PAO finished good, um, test it every 15, 20,000 miles to make sure I know what I'm doing. If I start to see the additives deplete, I'll put in an additive that will fix that. That's our TBM booster, but we still have to keep it clean. Now, one, anybody who's ever asked me, I've always had the same answer. The best thing you can do for any vehicle you plan to keep is put a bypass filter on it. If you just think about this in common sense, the filter that's running the oil to your engine is a 15 micron filter. That's a size, micron is a size. You cannot starve the engine for oil or it'll die. So you have to allow so much oil to go through, which means you have to allow so much dirt to get through there. So it's kind of like a screen door. It just, it, it's made that way, it has to be that way. What a bypass filter does is it pulls a strain of the oil off it filters it to one micron, then puts it back into the pan. Now, to give you an idea how this works, there's, it's probably, there's about a one quart to a two quart flow per minute. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think about you know, your swimming pool at the beginning of the season when it's got all that green, nasty looking stuff in it, you put, put the filter on, you, know, you start running it, you keep flushing that filter, but by the end of the week, it's all crystal clear. So to prove this out, we bought a truck on eBay, a diesel truck, it was a Ford 6.0, uh, an F-250, we put a filter on it. Now, I'm just gonna throw some numbers out and you don't have to grasp them, but it'll just give you some idea of what I'm talking about. So in the truck, we had the oil tested and it was 25,000 parts per million dirt, 25,000. We ran it, we put a bypass filter on it. We didn't change oil, we just put a bypass filter and we ran it for 250 miles and we tested it again. And we had gone from 25,000 down to 1,600, 1,600 parts per million. Now, that still sounds like a lot of dirt, but the brand new oil off the shelf was 1,800 parts per million. <laughs> wow. So wow. when you put a bypass filter on your truck or your car, you're keeping that oil cleaner than brand new oil 24-7. Now, if you think about what this does to the inside of the engine, there's, there's what we call abrasive wear which is just little particles. You know, you get a little piece of metal that shears off. That's just normal wear and tear. It gets heat treated when it gets near the cylinder and then it goes and it scratches some more stuff and then that creates more wear. And those little things keep scratching up the inside of the engine. And that's what causes an engine to wear out. Well, what if you took all those out of the equation? How long would that engine last? A really, really long time. And that's what a bypass filter does, whether it's ours or anybody. We sell the France filters, but I mean, they're all good. As long as they're one or two micron, they'll do the job. So the idea is, you know, we're able to put almost brand new oil in there, but again, it's an expensive proposition. It takes, it's probably like a two to three, $400 install. I mean, to buy the filter and put it in. And on a, you know, if I'm gonna buy a, uh, like a Ford Focus and drive it for two years and turn it on lease, it's not worth it. Now, if I got a Corvette that I bought and I'm never gonna lose this sucker, that's where you want it. Yeah, I was, I was scared to say, man, that I feel like more people should be on this train. Because, you know, <laughs> people that watch this show and listen to this podcast, 
you know, have a collector car, their hot rod, or, you know, their their race car like mine making 25 pounds of boost trying to get a mid-four, you know, eighth-mile run, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm building, you know, 2,200 horsepower. You know, that thing's under an immense amount of strain, stress, heat, and everything else. The last thing I want is metal-on-metal metal contact, those little particles floating around my engine, busting off and creating more wear. So it seems like that would be a smart move for any racer any guy that plans on keeping their car for a long period of time or guys that just drive a lot so anything that you want to keep forever bypass filter anything you want to push hard you want to look at your base oil and your additives so in that type of a case what i want to do is i want to make sure i've got the best base oil the best additives so what we try to do is develop products that are not just extreme duty but the best of all the extreme duty in the world uh, at Hotshot Secret, in the last 12 months, we broke um, 11 world records on the diesels. We got the world's fastest dragster, the world's fastest car, world's fastest truck, you name it. Nine out of 10 of the top diesel racing teams are using all our products, our transmission fluid, gear oil, engine oil. So say that again. If you want longevity, you go with the bypass filter. If you want performance and right. in, in for it to live under extreme pressure, you go with additive package. Okay, so what I'm saying is the bypass filter is gonna make whatever you put it on, whether it's a generator or a car or a truck, last forever. So if you plan on keeping this forever, you wanna put a bypass filter. Now, if you wanna push it hard, you know, this, you know, this truck was made, one of our one of our racers, LeVon Miller, you know, he takes a 300 horsepower Cummins and he gets 3000 horsepower out of Jesus. it. Jesus. Okay, if you're going to get 3,000 horsepower out of it, then you need all the protection that you can get. So the two things we're looking at there are, what additives did we did we use to keep the metal from touching the metal? And then what base oil did we use to keep it from oxidizing and, and burning up? You know, just like in the transmission, you put that much horsepower, normal transmission, they're going to burn. They're going to smell yeah. bad. So what we want to do is we want to address both of those. Now, the additives we put in, we want to be top-tier best in the world. So what additive and what combination of those additives is going to keep all of those things from ever touching? And that's where we've come up with really unique formulas to be able to um, give you that protection because that's what we're that's what we're going for is a top tier performance. How would you prove yourself against everybody else? Yeah. And and that's just it. You do it for the transmission as well, not just the engine, but the transmission. Absolutely. Transmission, gearbox. I mean, just anytime you do that, you're pushing everything past what it was intended to do. You know, those gears, you know, what are they, you know, half inch by half inch pressing that much weight against them. You're going to get this, this peeling and shearing. So we have to put a special additive in there to make sure that they don't shred the metal off, you know, inside the engine, you got, you got the rings against the inside of the cylinder walls. You got to make sure you have a special additive to keep that from wearing, you know, the everything, everything through there. If you're doing more than it was intended to do, like I have a, whether it's 200 horsepower or 500 horsepower, if you're gonna drive it hard, that's where you're gonna run into the problems because the oil that you're using isn't made to do that. Yeah. So we make special oils that protect you against that. Well, it's, you know, the OEs go through their their testing, right? And they catch most failure modes, not all of them, right? Some of these injector problems and, and other things that you specifically go fix, but you know, they, they catch most of them. And, and, you know, they're using a particular you know, oil that most people can get off the street, you know, at the Jiffy Lube or whatever, and they run all their tests. And if you do, you know, that level of, of mileage, usage, you know, abuse or less, you'll probably be okay. But like you're saying, if you go out there and you start pushing limits right now, you're, 
you know, you're squeezing margins down. Your oil films are getting thinner because your loads are getting higher. Your heat's getting higher. And that's where you really need, you know, this kind of protection. And these guys have it for every fluid in your vehicle, right? Power steering, transmission, differential, your fuel, right? Inside the injectors to keep them clean. So, like I said, man, if you if you guys want to keep your engines, you know, your vehicles, whatever it is, running for, you know, insane amount of times uh, with the least amount of wear, you got to check out their website of all the different products. And like I said, from whether you just want to extend the life or whether you want to go push the performance, Chris and the guys at Hotshot Secrets, man, they got you covered. And this is why we got to have him on again because we just covered oil today. He does the same thing, like you said, for every fluid, every sort of component. You look at how critical inside the injectors are, especially on diesels, right? Some of the pressures they deal with. That's a whole different type of lubrication. Same way with transmissions. With, you know, I, from, for me, I remember I went to a, um, I shouldn't say the name of the company, but Borgerson, um, gearbox in this 70 Dodge Charger with the 426 Hemi. Well, for some reason, that, that gearbox kept overheating my power steering fluid to the point where it would cook the pump. And I mean, cook it. It would toast it in 20, 25 miles. It would go through power steering pumps. So things like that he can address and probably save you a lot of a lot of disparaging moments, you know, looking at burnt bearings and coking and everything else, you know, ruined power steering pumps. So the two things you guys are talking about, you, you just kind of um, reinforced what I was saying. You know, we want to think about the oxidation of the oil. You know, hey, I, I, I pushed this hard, a transmission. Uh, I'm driving a Ford F-150 and I'm pulling, you know, 10,000 pounds up the road. And all of a sudden I pull my transmission stick out and it smells bad. You burnt it. That's the oxidation. And then the additives are the flip side of that. And that is what is protecting those metal surfaces from, from grinding against each other and having the right balance and doing that right. And then the one thing that, that Kevin mentioned that we didn't talk about is on the fuel side, you know, that's about chemically altering the fuel so that it burns better. So we, you know, we know that we, what we want the diesel fuel to do, we want the gasoline to do. Now, how do we make it burn better? You know, the refinery's not interested in doing that. They want to sell the least expensive amount of, you know, product that they can. So they count on people like us to come up with ways to augment it so that it does what you're trying to accomplish. So that's like the overall, you know, Tribology 101, as far as understanding base oils, additives, you know, the, the different ways that you can do things and then what can happen from there. Well, now that we've melted our brains, right, and we've gotten a little bit up to speed, like you said, Willie, we got we to gotta get you back because there are so many specific problems that you guys solve, right, from coking and turbos, right, we talked about injectors, sticking injectors, whether it's from the oil side or the, the fuel side, right, how to make things more efficient on the burn. So, all right, you guys, absorb. Let it sink in a little bit. We will bring Chris back to talk a little bit more about details on all the problems that you guys are probably facing out there and the solutions that these guys have for us. There you go, man. Hey, I'm telling you, man, that is our boy, Chris uh, Gabrelchek. He's from Lubrication Specialties. Hey, before we let you go, do me a favor. Tell everybody where they could find you online, socially. Um, tell everybody where to find out more about you and your company and your products, my man. Uh, hotshotsecret.com is our main website with everything. We sell products on Amazon. We are available at uh, AutoZone, O'Reilly's, you know, most of the major retailers, all truck stops. And we have a Facebook Live you know, every Thursday at 1.30. 
where me or our chemical engineer will get on there and we just answer questions. People, people have questions, you know, hey, how do I talk to a chemical engineer about how this is made? We're just totally transparent. We just go through it. Wow. When, when do you ever get to talk to, like, you're right, the guy that runs the CDC or the guy, you know, the chemical engineer that's, you know, creating these magical mixes, right? right? That's awesome. Yeah, man. And that, that's that's what this whole social media thing's about. I mean, it's about connecting. And, we, you know, we, we're on episode 82, so it's been a year and a half. Wow. And we've gotten into everything. People call up and say, hey, I have a race car. I have a, I have a lawnmower. And this is what it's doing. It's like, if we can help, we'll do it. We'll tell you what we're doing here. We tell what's going on in the research and development lab. We'll say, hey, this is what blew up this week. This is what worked well. This is what didn't work well. It's just a, it's just a way to connect to everybody and keep up. Chris Cabeltrek from Lubrication Specialties, Hot Shot Secrets. We appreciate your time. Don't forget about our show, Aaron Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, which is a cool way if you're in quarantine to find us. And uh, again, thanks to my man, Kevin Bird, our producer, Scoop, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. And don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, for tons of great automotive content. And share your thoughts with us. We're on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions, all rights reserved. Oh man, we are all lubed up and ready to go. Man. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, man. That was a slick one. That's uh, a- <laughs> uh, we'll see Whew. you in the next Two Guys Garage Podcast. Y'all take care. See you next week, guys. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.